0: Get paid for your pad, get paid for your pad, get paid for your pad. Welcome back to Get Paid for Your Pad. Today I have two guests on the show. We have Nate and Dan. They are the founders of HomeHop, a short-term rental management company out of Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, they've both been in our Rising Star Mastermind for a while. I actually met up with, uh, with Nate a couple of days ago on the weekend at dinner here on the beautiful San Diego on the beach, which was a lot of fun. And uh, I'm excited to dive into it. We are going to talk about how these guys went from flipping to owning to managing and now starting their own short-term rental fund. So super interesting journey. Uh, Nate, Dan, welcome to the show, guys.
1: Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you, you having yeah. us on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Nate, I want to start with you. Uh, can you give us a quick uh, backstory of uh, what HomeHop does and what you guys focus on?
2: Absolutely. So Dan and I got started together in 2020 um, doing flips. Prior to that, just to kind of give one more backdrop, uh, originally uh, Michigan State grad, CPA background. So my accounting's always been focused in accounting, finance. Always knew I wanted to own and operate a business. Didn't know what that path would be. Uh, Dan and I combined um, forces in 2020. Um, we did our first flip, and we actually purchased our first home in February, right when, uh, right when COVID hit. So great timing. Um, thankfully, that went well. We did a total of 10 flips together, um, made some money, had some heartaches, uh, got to deal with a lot of contracts, which wasn't our favorite. Um, ultimately, in 2021, we uh, launched our first Airbnb. Um, and during that time, we went from one Airbnb up to nine Airbnbs now owned. Um, really learned a lot of the systems, processes together. And then with that success, we brought on our first client for property management earlier this year, up to now eight clients and scaling. And then now, as you mentioned there, we're looking to create a fund and I'm sure we'll jump into more of that. But that's kind of in a nutshell, kind of our story from owning, flipping to owning to uh, property management to now a fund.
0: You guys are moving fast in, in three years, going from flipping to now owning eight properties, you set and managing Nine. And now you're starting your own fund. That's, uh, yeah, that's you moving fast. Is that, uh, is that how you, uh, used to operate when you were, uh, in the NFL as well?
2: Uh, my, my roommate managed to make the NFL. I did not quite get there, but, uh, <laughs> definitely, uh, learned from having a plan of attack and figuring out, you know, how we were going to strategize in order to get to our goals. And, uh, Dan and I both have goals in order to create, um, again, generational wealth for our family and to be able to kind of afford the, some of the different aspects we want to do with our families. So we grow um, so it's all about kind of setting those goals and how do we execute.
0: Awesome. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk a lot about uh, the, what we have in Legends X is called the playbook. Basically, uh, you know, combination of uh, documents where we have all of our systems, our processes and everything. And um, I believe that in American football, like the the coaches also have a playbook, right? For the players. Isn't that right?
2: Yeah. They, we actually had a coach, uh, Coach Trestle, who was Ohio State's old coach. He had his own playbook that they had for the summer for uh, teams and coach d'antonio my head coach at michigan state uh was a defensive coordinator at uh, ohio state whenever they won their championship 20 or 2001 kind of copied that so it's pretty cool to see the the playbook we would have every summer camp and it was a lot of it was really around this goal this mindset again how do we uh ensure that we're preparing for success and a lot of that goes back to that mental toughness making sure you kind of are able to roll the punches during the hard times and then celebrate uh during the good times
0: Right on, right on, awesome, uh, Dan. I wanna I wanna start with you with a, a question. You shared something in our in MassMind today around ChatGPT, uh, which I thought was very interesting. I haven't really had a chance to take a good look at it yet, but will you, you want to share what you uh, what you learned? I know you're you're a big fan of of Chet and implementing its power into the short rental business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so we are very tech focused. Um, Tech has helped us streamline a bunch of things. And GPT actually came out. I don't know if it was yesterday or recently, um, but they have an option now that's called Code Interpreter, which means you can upload files and it'll also send you files. So perfect example for SDRs is I went into our PMS. um, I pulled all of our reservations from May up until today, which is July 18th. And I had to analyze each property and I came up with the average length of stay, the ADR, average daily rent and how far in advance those guests booked. And it, it's really powerful. Like that's, that was just the first idea I had as far as like, how can I analyze our data to uh, uh, really implement and set those higher minimum night stays depending on how far the bookings out. Um, That's, just one way we use GPT, uh, and again, that's just something I found out today, and I'm excited to learn more about it as we continue to grow. It's pretty
0: crazy how powerful JetGPG is and w- how quickly it uh, evolves as well, right? It's, it's, oh, yeah. I feel like every week there's a new functionality in that thing.
1: We, uh, we recently started using it for our listing descriptions, too. So what I'll do is I'll copy and paste like the top four to six listings in our market. And I'll tell it, I'll say, act as an SEO expert, identify the keywords that you think are allowing these listings to rank higher. And then what I'll do is I'll ask it to then create our listing description using those keywords. And then the important thing too, at the the end is telling it to give you any questions that will help provide a better output and then it'll ask you questions and boom, it uses those keywords and creates our descriptions for us too.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. And you know, we, another student in our group recently used ChatGPT to create new captions for all her photos. Uh, and she instantly got like a little boom from Airbnb and, you know, got like five bookings right away. So it's definitely, it's definitely worth, uh, spending like 30 seconds to, uh, get BG to to write all that stuff for us now. Right.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: And one of the things that we're actually, again, always kind of looking for the new software that we want to leverage. And, and uh, we mentioned this a little bit on Saturday when we had a dinner together, but we we implemented Yada AI um, about a month ago. And that's been fascinating to see how we get, we can leverage, uh, again, ChatGPT, large language models, natural language processing um, in order to, again, bump gas. So right now we we onboard our first VA. Six months ago, had a little bit of uh, turbulence. Recently, actually hired a, a, a more recent uh, VA that I've worked for Airbnb before. She's been on board for a month. Absolutely fantastic. But on the weekends, um, it's myself, Dan, and our director of operations running the show. We were looking for how do we really get this relief, this support um, late at night? I don't want to be looking at my phone. Uh, and it's been amazing to see the success with Yada. And then one of the pieces that we're excited about that we're in beta testing with them right now is... Uh, this ability for them to actually go in and move the pixels around a little bit or to change the description a little bit. So again, it can help to boost the algorithm for Airbnb to say, Hey, they are active on their listings and they're creating this um, again, algorithmic boost for us. So something that yeah. we're still kind of testing with, but it's been a good good success so far.
0: Yeah. For those who are listening, if you're not aware of Yeda.ai, it's a, it's actually a uh, automated messaging uh, software that uses AI to respond to messages. So it's a, it's a very smart uh, uh, piece of software. Um, it's pretty cool. I looked into it. I haven't started using it yet because I'm waiting for them to integrate with Hostly so that we can start using uh, using them as well. I'm really excited about that. But essentially what you can do is you can upload uh, a, lo- a bunch of content and information um, and then it will base the answers that it sends to the Airbnb guests or any other guests. It will base it on the information that you provide, right? So um how, how has your experience been with them is, is there are there a lot of questions where you have to kind of intervene or or sometimes maybe it answers in the way that you don't really want it to answer or any any challenges with that at all or
1: Nate, do you want to take this one or you want me to take this one you got it dan cool so uh overall it's it's been great there's been a couple times where it doesn't quite understand what the guest is asking um Most cases, it just won't respond if it doesn't know. Um, But there have been a couple cases where it's not quite what we want, but it's all about just training yada on each specific listing. So what we've done, and we do this with our VA, anytime a guest has a question that maybe it doesn't pick up on, we just copy and paste that, add it to the knowledge base for that property. And now it knows. Um, You can also test it. So per listing, when you're under the settings, uh, there's like a little test uh, on the side panel and you can go in there, ask it whatever question you want and it'll spit out the answer. But I will say, um, when we originally turned it on for the first time, we had an issue with a guest where they couldn't get inside and it gave them the directions to the lockbox, the lockbox combo, what key the, the door works to and it saved us 15 minutes of going through our nodes, figuring out all that information, the back- backup combo, uh, and it was awesome. So very, very well worth it. Wow! Just,
2: just, to, just to preface that we do use smart locks, but that was more the backup system in case of. So, um, but yeah. definitely, definitely was a beneficial tool to have in place. And then um, again, it's all about that training.
0: Yeah. So I know you guys are pretty tech heavy, uh, very focused on like operational efficiencies in your business. Aside from Yada.ai and ChatGPT, are there any other like cool technologies or softwares that you guys use in your business?
1: Uh, Nate, I'll say the one and then I'll let you cover the rest of them. Um the one that I absolutely love is and it's just simple. It's uh Zapier. So what we do, we use Slack for our cleaners. And so I set up a bot to where it analyzes that cleaning channel. And anytime a specific cleaner says this property is cleaned and ready, it automatically creates a zap. It uploads that bill into QuickBooks. And from QuickBooks, I can now see, okay, what's been paid or which cleaner has been paid, which cleaner hasn't been paid. Because once you get to like a certain threshold of properties at least for us, it starts to get a little hectic. It's just creating a system for anything and everything. So that's helped tremendously because I, I wasn't able to track which cleaners have been paid, which ones haven't. And this is just on autopilot. I check it once a day, go in, pay everyone up, and we're good to go. So that that's one of my favorite pieces. Um, I know we have quite a few others, but Nate, I'll let you touch on those.
2: Yeah. And, and again, for us, it really is how do we put the best process in place? And again, Zapier is a great tool to be able to connect everything. Um, we recently switched from Logify to HostAway, and we've absolutely been uh, blown away with kind of having HostAway in there. Obviously, they got the big $175 million raise. Um, you can see the support behind there when it comes to their tech, when it comes to their customer service. So this has been a, a fantastic transition for us and really getting us visibility that we uh, didn't always uh, have, and especially as we're looking to raise this fund, you really need to have that visibility to provide to investors. Um, and then just some simple ones like I use. Uh, we didn't have Slack in before, and now we have Slack, so we have all eight of our cleaners on Slack. We have our maintenance men on Slack. My Slack actually just went off as I said that. Um, <laughs> I have to, 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 to mute that here. Um, but having everybody in one channel to where we're able to have great communication. There was a lot of one-off text messages. Uh, there was a lot of, hey, you have this institutional knowledge, I don't. And that really started to put a drain and a burden on our time resources. Um, so simple ones like that and, and again, another one that's kind of down that path is Asana. So again, now that we have a larger team making sure that we create tasks in a timely manner, um, you can integrate Asana with Slack so you can quickly do it within Asana, you have a reference back to it. Um, really, it's been a game changer for organization and structure.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. Uh, we are uh you know enthusiastic users of uh, zapier as well and uh some of the tools you mentioned slack for communication and then asana for task management uh that's a that's a big one as well uh we recently switched to ClickUp actually um but asana is uh is is awesome and yeah what i love about zapier is that you can just connect all those different tools right um you know like getting a slack notification if someone like You know completed a task or pretty much like anything any type of information that you want like you can you can use zapier to uh to to set that up so it's uh definitely one of my favorite tools as well and loom i love loom
1: yes yeah another
2: go ahead
0: mate
2: what one other this is more just like a tip or trick and i think at this point everyone knows price labs so i I don't think that's new to say price labs but Um, One thing that I've been surprised by, and we've taken over a couple uh, clients from previous uh, property managers um, and just talking to potential clients, and everyone uh, always talks about the, you know, let me have all my two night stays or three night stays or one night stays, and that's how I'm going to fill my property. Um, And if anyone's not taking advantage of leveraging the longer far out stays and requiring the five plus nights, if you're 60 plus or 90 days away, um, you know I. Jasper, you've, I've probably listened to every single one of your podcasts at this point is how I learned all my information. I've heard it once or twice mentioned, but um, for me, it was one of the game changers was really making sure that we're trying to ensure those longer stays. So that's really how you fill your occupancy and um, you know, boost your revenues
0: Yeah, that's a good, that's a good tip. So um, let's d- dig a little deeper in, into that actually. So so you basically you have uh, are you guys using one night or two night stays for you know, short-term like bookings like within a month or so?
2: So we we have a base right now where if it's less than 10 days, we'll do two. Um, If it's less than uh, 25, we'll do three. And then 40, we'll do four. And then 60 plus, uh, we'll do five. So we kind of tier it out. And then we do allow what they call orphan nights within Price Labs. So if there's a a booking that checks out on Tuesday and a a new booking on Thursday, we will allow one night booking. One thing we found as well, though, is we want to ensure that we have quality guests. And for us, it's making sure that we um, actually increase the prices. So if we do have a one day booking and it's that orphan night, um, we'll usually raise the price by anywhere from 50 to 100% based on whether it's a weekend or a weekday night. Again, it's not worth the headache to take on a one night booking and have someone come in, have a party, trash the place. So we've really found that to be a way to ensure that we get the quality uh, guests we're looking for.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And then, so like six, 60 days out, you said you have uh, five nights or more. Do you get a lot of those bookings?
2: I would say we have at least most properties every one one a month, I would say on average. So we do get a good amount where it's, there's a five night uh, booked six days in advance for each property, somewhere in that, that range. Um, obviously during the summer, you might have two or three in there and during the winter, it might be every other month. So there is some seasonality to it, um, but we definitely do get our fair share of it. And we found, you know, I, I was actually just looking at Host Away today and um, from for our, our, uh, our uh, 17 properties that we have, we're sitting at 75% occupancy through July 1st or July 31st with a few more days that we'll probably book. Um, and again, I think that's really a tribute to, we had a lot of our bookings, in advance. And we were being cognizant of the market as well. Again, you don't want to brag about occupancies because you're too low priced. So again, trying to kind of find that right balance of we're properly priced, but we're still having the high occupancy.
0: Right. Um, One thing that um, I noticed is you guys are very focused on uh, getting as many five star reviews as possible. Uh, And I know you guys have some uh, specific strategies on on how to maximize those uh, five star uh, reviews. Can you, can you touch one of you guys touch on that?
1: Yeah, so it's it's funny we're we're talking about this because in the beginning I was completely against it. So Nate had mentioned that we needed to create some sort of system around guest messaging and one of the pieces of that system was sending an automatic message to our guests the morning after their first night just checking in. And initially I was like, "No, it's a horrible idea because everyone's going to need anything and everything." And I'm our boots on the ground. So I'm the one running a towel to their place or a light bulb or whatever's missing. Um, So I was initially against it. And ultimately, we did implement it and we just figured it out. So what we do is, um, as soon as a guest books with us, they get an automatic message 10 minutes after they book, um, just saying, Hey, thank you for uh, booking with us. A little bit of details on Nate and myself. Uh, They get another message the day prior to their check in with their code and security system code. They get another message the day of check in, just with some basic details of the property. Uh, They get another message the day after their first night. Um, Again, just checking in and seeing how everything went. And on that piece too, what we started doing is we started leveraging DoorDash um, and uh, what's the other one? Uh, Instacart. So anytime a guest does need something, it's not me running 45 minutes one way just to give them a towel. We'll do DoorDash or if it's something a little bit larger or less urgent, we just overnight it via Amazon. So that's that's been a huge help. And then they get their checkout instructions, of course. And then uh, from there, Nate, I can't remember if it's uh, automatic or if you do it manually, but Nate will send them another bump from his account saying, hey, um, just want to ensure that we met all your expectations. And we talk about the importance of a five-star review, how we're a a small two-man team and looking to grow. And then we also open feedback as well. And what we found is a lot of guests, they'll still leave us a five-star and they'll give us a list of feedback privately. And once we implemented that, Nate, what was our streak? I think it was 117 consecutive five-star reviews, which just crush the Airbnb algorithm. At least that's what I think it is. Uh, but if you look at any of our listings, we're usually in like the top six. So absolute game changer for anybody who's not already using our uh, scheduled messages.
0: You want to elaborate on that, Nate, at all?
1: Yeah, I think I think
2: one thing that's always a little people are hesitant about is asking for the five star. So um, there's a little bit of, uh, you don't want to be an annoyance to your guests. Um, But throughout our messaging, Dan has three different messages that are auto messages that reference five stars. And we actually give them the definition saying, hey, if you don't give us a five star, um, that means you had a bad stay. So a four star is a bad stay. Um, And then admittedly, I'll kind of uh, self-select and, you know, 95 percent of our guests have a good stay. Also in the bump up again and say, hey, following up on Dan's message, I just left you a five star. Appreciate if you do the same. You know, appreciate you. And then also offer them a five percent discount if they return for us. Um, And it's kind of funny because during that streak, we actually had a guest that um, it was, I can't remember what the exact issue was, but she had a small issue and she was like, hey, like, I can't Good give you a a five star. Do you want me to leave you a four star? And she asked us and I was like, no, I'd rather you not leave us a four star. (laughs) Um, I appreciate the feedback so we can grow and get better. But I'd appreciate it if you just left the no review. And again, that goes back to the fact that we did. We intentionally asked them. Um, We do try to develop a relationship with them. So in that intro message, it talks about. Um, you know, I, I was a football player. Talks about it. And I'm I'm getting a uh, shout out to, to Beth. I'm getting married uh, to my fiance here in a week and a half. I talk about that in our intro message. Dan talks about his his two little daughters and his wife. So we try to make it personal. We do try to have fun with our guests, um, and I think that really goes a long way. Where again, if they can see you're trying and you're going to af- actively make an effort to correct anything, that's that's really what's going to change the game. And for us mm-hmm. in 2013, sorry, 2023. Um, our average effective rating now is sitting at 496. And you know we have nice properties, but I'm not going to say we have premier luxury properties. They're very nice. But um, a lot of that really goes back to creating systems, controls, and messaging with the guests.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's you know, one thing I think that Airbnb could do a bit better job of is educating our guests on how this review system really works, right? Because a lot of guests, especially they're new to Airbnb, they're used to the hotel rating system. And you know, I I remember in the beginning when I started hosting, I had uh, several guests who let me a four star review, who wrote who then wrote like an imagine, an incredible like feedback, right? Like, and, and and so I would ask them, I was like, hey, just out of curiosity, like, you know, what what went wrong or was there an issue? And they would be like, no, no, it it was amazing. And I was like, so why did you leave a four star review? And in their mind, it was like, well, isn't that really good? Like you know, your apartment was, you know, like really good, but it wasn't like the four seasons. And I'd be like, okay, I get it. Like, we really have to educate our guests that it's really like a five-star is, is means it was a good stay. A four-star means it wasn't good, right? Because a lot of guests just are not aware of that, right?
2: And and I, I'd i be curious too, and I don't know, you know, the people you talk to, but, um, and, and I don't know if we have an exact stat around this, but asking for that that review as well you really then get that additional feedback that additional reviews because um one that way you kind of know hey this is how you know the, the name of the game is i want 150 i want 300 reviews and that way people know it's a great and, and to that point too i do think like it'd be nice if it was a 10 star out of five star but i can't you know i'm not changing that anytime soon because um you know a, a four star versus a five star in some people's minds are uh, you know just a, a hair difference
0: yeah yeah, 100 percent I mean sometimes I feel like the 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 just the having the the five tiers is is not ideal. Like if you look at booking.com or something, it's a it's a number from from zero to ten. You know? So that in booking.com if you see like if you see like an eight point six or eight point eight, I mean that's pretty good. Right? But on Airbnb, if you see a four point five, that I mean that's basically a nine, right? But a 4.5, if you look at 4.5, and you're like, okay, well, this house is doing, is, is doing something wrong. You know? So it just doesn't really make sense, this whole system, isn't it?
2: No, it's, it's definitely, uh, it, it, especially if you, people don't travel on Airbnb, and that's where against educating your guests. You have to educate, educate, educate whenever you're yeah. you know, it's Airbnb or anything else.
0: Yeah, exactly. And there's, there's a bit of a balance right? where we don't want to flat out a bribe our guest and tell them like, hey, you know, give me a five star and I'll give you this or give you that or specifically asking like, hey, you know, just leave us a five star review. And the end of the day, like it has to it has to kind of come from them. And but definitely like we, we need to provide them education and make sure that they're aware of how the system works. Make sure that they're aware, <clears throat> which you guys do a great job at of uh, checking in. And, you know, allowing, giving them space to provide you feedback or to let you know that if there's something you miss so that you can fix it. And then what I noticed is like, you know, if, there's a, if they're like, there's always like tiny little things, you know, nothing's perfect, I guess. Um, but if you offer that to your guest of like, hey, let me know if, if if anything, if we can do anything to make you stay better, you know, where our goal is to provide a five-star experience. If then they don't respond to that, and, they, when they, and then when they write the review, they'll think back to that, right? And if, they, if they're going to leave a four-star review, they'll probably think like, well, they did, they did ask me and I didn't say anything. So it's a bit harsh than to leave a four-star review now because they specifically asked me if there was anything they could do for me and I didn't respond to it. So now, you know, does that make sense?
2: No, 100%. Developing that relationship. Yeah. It's, it's harder to give a bad review to someone that you like or someone that's asking you like, hey, can I help you? Can I assist you? Um you come off yeah. cold or you don't get those responses, then people are gonna be less likely to wanna, to, you know, benefit you.
0: What are um so you guys been on a three year journey? Um, I know you guys are are absolutely crushing it. I see it in the mastermind, how you guys are constantly looking to improve and what, what are some uh what are, what what's some advice to people that are listening to this podcast and they wanna, you know, either improve their current business or maybe some people that wanna get started. Like what what's some what's some advice that you would have?
1: I guess my advice is, I know we just kind of touched on this, but take care of your guests. Um, actually listen to your guests. And yeah, we have all of our auto messages set up. But at the same time, like we do our best to personalize things as well. So yeah, the auto message goes out, they may respond back. And that's when we add the personal touch. So actually reading what their original message says, learning why they're coming to the area, um, and just building that rapport with them and then to, on top of that is just my thing is creating systems for anything and everything like if you have a problem even if it's happening like twice a week think about how much time you're going to save if you just create a system or an operation like whatever that looks like for that specific problem and now you have a a resolution for the rest of however long you're doing airbnb so that's been one of my biggest pieces and i admittedly wasn't the best um with organization prior to teaming up with Nate, but being the, the CPA that he is, um, it's, it's helped tremendously as far as just staying organized. Awesome.
0: Great tips. Yeah. What about you, Nate?
1: And I I would echo a lot of that for us. It's, um,
2: it's been a lot of trials and tribulations kind of going where we start at to where we're at now. Um, I think one, this is kind of more abstract, just life in general, but being that constant, um, constant student so you know when we started didn't know anything um, even now uh, you know when I, when I first started especially again I, I mean this in all seriousness I was probably listening to two or three your podcasts a day just to try to take every single bit of knowledge I could from every single um, podcast and it was how do I get one or two pieces of information and then how do we implement that into our um, into our business and, and I think from there you know one of the things that Dan and I have always really strived to do is identify issues, make sure we call them out, write them down, and then how do we attack that issue? So if you kind of put your head in the sand, which can be easy to do sometimes in this business because it can get hectic. There can be a lot coming at you. You really have to um, kind of take a step back, breathe, identify that. And then the last piece I'll call out is, and especially if you want to scale a business, and again, it depends on what your goal is. If your goal is, hey, I want to have four or five properties, I kind of want to keep it small, You know, this is what I want to do, then you don't need to do a lot of these different things or you might be able to kind of get away with it. Um, but if you look to grow, um, how do you scale? And, and how do you scale comes back to outsourcing. You can't do everything yourself. Um, how do I find someone that can do something that's 75%, 80% of maybe what I'm doing, um, but it's saving me a ton of time um, and it's going to allow me to now grow my business faster. And again, if we set up the processes right the first time, it really should be a 90 95% operational efficiency of what we originally had. So it goes back to setting those processes up. And for us, it looked like again, it's it's the software. It's you know, we <laughs> when we first started, Dan and his wife were the interior designers for our properties. And no no offense to Dan, but uh, his wife has got an eye. Dan does not. Um, so trying to watching Dan try to manage this, like message guests, putting couches together, like it just it was not a good look for him. Um, and we we ended up partnering up with a fantastic interior designer. Um, and she recently, Jessica recently joined our team now as our director of operations. And now she's I've been. She scaled up and now she's helping to now manage other interior designers. So we don't, we don't want to focus on interior design, but now you manage that process. You're a pro at that. We are not. Find your strengths. Scale
1: appropriately. Yeah. And the last thing I'll add too is hire slow and fire fast. Um, we've had a couple instances. Our, our team now is fantastic. I think we're up to eight cleaning teams. Uh, we have a system process for every single one. Um, but creating like having a fantastic team has, has been a game changer. Like the cleaning crews and just seeing everything like come together, again, Slack specifically and having everything in one place and everybody communicating with each other rather than Nate and I uh initiating everything. That's that's been really awesome to see as well. Just that kind of team camaraderie. And
2: and on that note, one more follow up. I, I I live in San Diego, so I'm not out as often, but I'm pretty excited. And one of the things we do when we get back is we uh, we recently bought a property uh, in the the winter, uh, got it up and running, and it's our first property with a pool. Fantastic, by the way, to have a property with a pool. For you. It's uh in the in the cards. Um, and what we're gonna do when I'm home is we're gonna we we blocked it off for the weekend. We're gonna have a cookout. We're gonna have everyone come over, grill out, let the whole team celebrate together. And that's um, our cleaners. That's our our uh, our interior designer. That's our maintenance. That's our uh, general contractors, everybody that's really helped us to grow um, and giving that appreciation because at the end of the day, you really are um, as good as the people you're working with. and um, We want to be someone that people want to work with, and we also want um, to, again, show that, that support support, and love for the people that are on our team.
0: Yeah, 100%. That's awesome. I love this advice. Um, <clears throat> before we wrap this up, do you, you want to tell, uh, tell us a little bit more about the fund that you're starting and why you're yes. starting it?
2: Yeah. So we, so the way that Dan and I originally structured everything was um, you know, it's uh, our homes are back in the Midwest, so they're back in the Cleveland area. So you're talking anywhere from 200 to $400,000 homes. So uh, not quite the coast expensive, but still, you know, reasonably priced homes. Um, and we did that through note payables, primarily family and friends. Um, and we were raising money that way. And people want to have equity in something. They want to say, Hey, I have this, you know, this is my property. They want to have the appreciation upside. Um, so we started to kind of hit a wall, and like, okay, how much can we really raise doing this route? Um, as opposed to looking at creating a fund, allowing you know investors to have this passive investment um, where they're able to now own real estate, get the benefits of real estate um, without having to have any of the active participation. And the beauty with short term rentals, as you know, is the revenues are significantly higher. Um so it allows for both the limited partners to do very well as well as the general partners to do very well. so it's it's one of the more lucrative types of funds you can set up if you can have the track record to really, um, show that successful results. So our, our goal, honestly, is kind of following a little bit of the model that, that you guys are setting up right now, where started with flips. Didn't really love the scale aspect of flips. Wasn't for us went into Airbnb's love, Airbnb's property management. That's cash fuel for the fire, the fund. That's how we start to really grow. And this is our first fund that we're looking to raise. And again, for us, the $2 million fund. Um, and then I would love to one day here in the next couple of years, do what you guys are doing right now and looking to do more of the boutique hotels and looking to do slightly bigger projects. Um, and who knows without I'll be in Cleveland or other areas, but really kind of making a ladder step stool as to how we want to go and where we want to be in the future.
0: Awesome, man. Super exciting. So if people are interested in investing with you, where, where should they go?
2: Um, they can, uh, that's a, good, that's a great question. If they want to reach out to Nate.clatt at homehoppm.com, it's a tongue twister. Um, mm-hmm. there are some regulations that we have to watch out for. So we're not able to actively give any kind of, uh, return advice immediately, but I'd be happy to set up a first call and then we can have a conversation and see if it's something they'd be interested in.
0: Sounds good. Awesome. Uh any final thoughts before we wrap this up here?
2: I uh I, I just want to say I appreciate you having me on, Jasper, like I said, this was uh this is my bucket list for twenty twenty three to be on my first podcast. Um hopefully one of many and again it's uh it's fitting that the the one I've listened to the most and the one I've gained the most value from is the one that I I uh, get to do my first one on. So I, I really appreciate you having us join.
0: Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Man. And,
1: uh, I, I just wanted to echo that too. Um, not just for having us on the podcast, but everything in your specific Slack channel. Uh, there's a lot of really good people in the group. There's a lot of really great ideas. And it's nice to bounce ideas off of other people that are doing high level things as well. So really, really appreciate that as well. Yes.
0: Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, being in our community. And Nate, ho- I'm glad to, that this was your first uh, ever podcast. I hope this is uh, one of, uh, of many uh, to come in the future. Um, and then uh, for people who want to potentially stay at your properties in uh, Ohio, what's, uh, do you have a website to direct them to?
1: Yeah, it's homehoppm.com. Home.
0: Super, super easy. easy that's uh that's good awesome guys well i appreciate you uh you guys jumping on here definitely some uh, some great advice uh, on this podcast so i'm sure uh, listeners will uh, appreciate that as well and uh you know i'll well, i'll see you guys i'll see you guys soon in the mass one. so
1: good deal thanks jasper all right
0: take it easy guys and uh, thanks for the listeners i hope you enjoyed this podcast hope you learned a couple things and uh, we will be back on friday so see you then Can't pay for your pad)